from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thanks for joining us, America. George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour podcast with Rachel Cruz and host of the George Camel YouTube channel, is my co-host today. And today we are announcing the pre-sale of his first book, Breaking Free from Broke. The book will come out in January, and on January 16th to be precise, and uh, pre-order starts today. You get $100 in free bonus items. It includes the audio book, the uh, the ebook that you'll get at the time, but guess what? If you order now, uh, you also will get today a uh, copy of instant access to his newest talk, Show Me the Money, and exclusive access to an online private event with George talking about the money issues and a Q&A with George as well. And we haven't announced the date on the online private event yet, right? No, no specific date yet. We're okay. working on that, but it's going to be big. You have to pre-order to be in, signed up for that. And that's part of the package, over $100 worth. Now, whenever you buy the book, inside the book are some QR codes that allow you to get three months of every dollar. The premium version with all the sweet features, bank connectivity, paycheck planning, you name it. So we wanted that because it takes 90 days for people to get a budget, and it's a key to breaking free from broke. So we thought, let's just give it to them. So, George, when I read the book, uh, going over the manuscript to approve the thing as, as the CEO of the company, um, which I do. I obviously read our books before we put them out from all of you guys, all you Ramsey personalities. Um, the thing I came back to you with was that it's extremely well-researched. It's fun. It's funny. It's really snarky, which I totally loved. Um, and it kind of made me feel like it was like, you know, I wrote Financial Peace in 1992. Wow. And, you know, we've done some revised versions of it after that. Uh, we published it with a publisher after coming out of the self-published world in those days in 1996, it was a bestseller. Uh, and so four years later, adding chapters to it and polishing it up and getting a professional publisher to help me do it in those days, I didn't know what the flip I was doing, but you know, so, so, but a lot of the information uh, in your book is things that didn't exist in 1992, like you address crypto. Uh, but it's some things that did exist then that we're still struggling with. Credit card debt, yeah. car debt, uh, the toxic things, the lies that people believe in the culture. But you did it in such a way that um, I really think there's going to be a whole lot of people between 22 and 52 that are going to love this book. I think some older ones will like it too. Yeah. But especially if you're like me and you like snark, you'll love it. But um but, it, you know, it's a lot, it's like financial peace for this generation. Mm, I appreciate that. It's very kind. And I did try, you know, the first two-thirds of the book, I'm really unpacking this broken financial system and all the lies that we were sold and how we got there. And you're right. The problems are different today, Dave. They go to Dave and they go, well, Dave doesn't understand because when he grew up, houses were $30,000. Now they're four. And I try to just be the middleman between you two, between the audience and Dave going, I get it. I understand. Here's what we can do about it. Because the times have changed. It feels harder than ever to get ahead financially. But I'm telling you, this the principles still work to this day. The baby steps still work if you don't screw it up. And I show you how to break free from that system that we've been chained to with our American consumerism. And uh, I hope it's a plan that helps millions of people I find this stuff. I think it's going to. Breaking free from broke. The ultimate guide to more money 
and less stress on pre-sale starting today at RamseySolutions.com. Jump in the store, get all of the goodies that will support George, support the marketing efforts for the book. Thank you very, very much. Marissa is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Marissa. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you? Great. What's up? Um, so my question is, uh, with the student loan repayment starting, uh, my parents and I, like many others, are a little overwhelmed trying to figure out our approach. Um, so when we took out loans for my school, my parents didn't have great credit, and I didn't have a line of credit, so they took out a PLUS loan, and I'm the third kid that went to school in our family, so they have PLUS loans for all three of us. And then I have my separate subsidized and unsubsidized loan under my name. My question is, should I have the Parent PLUS loan transferred to my name and refinance it to take the burden off of my parents? Because um, we're just trying to figure out the best way to approach it. And right now, it's just way too much for them to handle. If you can pay the payment, just pay the payment. Myself or my parents? Well, you said your parents can't handle it, and you were going to move it to your name, which would mean you're paying the payment, right? Yeah. I mean, I so I graduated two years ago um, with a health science degree, and I don't make a ton of money right now. Where what do I you make? My original, so I, I just got a new job. I'm going to make $23 an hour, and then I also um, have, like, a side nannying gig as just, like, a transportation to school. Um, but my original plan was to like go to medical school, do that whole thing. And then once I graduated, I was overwhelmed already with the amount of debt that I had. How much debt do you have? So under my name, I have 27,000, but then my, the parent plus loan is, I think up to like 80,000. Okay. Um, well, it does no. It, it it does not add any value to move it to your name. You can't pay it. Mm-hmm. You don't make enough. You're struggling to pay your twenty seven. Am yeah. I missing something? I just with my parents having three kids, it just all kind of fell on them, and I think with us being the first generation college kids we didn't really know that much going into it um i don't think that we really did the best research when we were going into school to try to find our best option um and so i i I, I, there's i appreciate you owning it it's obvious mistakes have been made yes you got you got one hundred seven thousand dollars in student loan debt and you're making 23 dollars an hour so obviously mistakes have been made there's not, right. you know, but, but, but that's, you know, water under the bridge at this point. If you call me up mm-hmm. and you said, I'm making a hundred thousand a year, I'm about to knock this 27 out in a heartbeat and I'm going to take this 80 over and knock it out for mom and dad. Uh, I would tell you just to pay it while it's in mom and dad's name and take the, the mathematical burden off of them, but no reason to legally put it in your name. It doesn't serve any purpose. Go ahead and knock it out. But in your case, mm-hmm. You can little. You're gonna have to work on your career side, your income side, to be able to address the 27 before we can even talk about helping with the 80. Unless I'm missing the math, am I missing something? No, definitely not. And that's been my struggle because with my degree being so specific with health sciences, my 
goal was to further my education and go to PA school. Um, and then I worked in medical office for about two years and decided that I didn't want to further my career in it in that direction. Um, uh, you're going to have to work on the career side of your think, equation. I don't think spending six figures on PA school is the move right now. Let's the, clean up the mess first. The, the answer to your question is you can't take your parents' burden. You don't have the strength to mathematically. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Jeff's in Jackson, Mississippi. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? I heard that. Me too. I just wanted to call and say I have some good news. Me and my wife are currently out of debt and... We own the house that we're in, but some old family land has uh, come available, and we want to get that back. It just so happens that there is a $400,000 house on it. So we're getting ready to jump back into some debt and get a mortgage and also prepare for you know retirement and that kind of thing. So um, we want to get the house. We definitely want to get it back. And uh, how would you advise on maxing out aggressively paying on the principal of the loan to try to pay it off, you know, in like the first 10 years versus uh, maxing out like 401ks and uh, mutual funds, uh, the best way to uh, proceed with. Uh, What's your current home worth? 20 years. Um, it's my, it's an old family house. It's my grandparents' house. Uh, we're not planning on getting rid of it. Uh, it's going to stay in the family, but, Estimation probably three hundred, three hundred thousand for it, and then it's on a, a big block of land too. So, what do you make? Uh, we'll try. Um, me and my wife together about one hundred and sixty thousand before taxes. Yeah. How many more pieces of family ground that can't be uh, that you can't do without? Are you going to run into? Dude, uh, you got it. You got like a, you got like an addiction to family ground. Well, this is uh, where I grew up. And it's one. 1.5 acres out of the original 40 that my grandparents bought in 79 and they they got split up throughout the years and you know they left it to to me to care for and you know give it you know on to our kids so what, what would be your plan you're not going to move you're just going to hang on to it uh buy the new house get the land back it's right there close by and that would be our primary residence and then we would keep um the grandparents house up and either my sister might move into it, or my mother's getting older, so she might move into it to help keep it up and uh, possibly sell their house that they're in. There's a lot of variables here and a lot of mites. All right, the answer to your technical question is wherever you fall in the baby steps. So you're getting ready to go back from baby step seven 
and be back in baby steps four, five, and six. So you're going to limit retirement to 15% of your income and any of the money mm-hmm. you can find in your budget, you're going to throw at the debt on the um, $400,000 property. Okay. Until you get okay, it paid so off early. That, that's, that's the answer to your question. Um, and you probably can do that in 10 or 12 years, something like that. Um, but I got to tell you, there's a, a narrative running through your stories that's not healthy. Okay. The narrative is, and I've heard it a lot in my life of doing what I do. The narrative is it doesn't matter what it costs or how stupid it is. It's family land and we have to keep it. Mm-hmm. That's in, that's in your story all the time. And, um, okay. I'm not sure any of this completely goes over into the stupid zone, but your, uh, inability to, I mean, 1979 is not exactly legacy property on an acre and a half. I mean, that's well, not, that's well, not like 1879, that's 1979. I, I understand. And it was, it was 69 and it would come, this is, is a 40 acre block originally. This is just one. I know, but that's, it, you only got, and you don't even have the whole block. You've only got an acre and a half. It's not like a big plot of ground that was the family's. Um, so, I mean, your, your, uh, need to protect the family's nostalgia uh, seems to know no bounds. And that scares me for you because it's going to lead you into some stupid, butt decisions before this is over. You, you're not quite there right. with this. The numbers on this don't scare me. It's the, uh, you know, it, it's the analysis that scares me. Uh, and that, that's why I'm calling you out on it just because I love you and I want you to win because I mean, you know, there's going to be another thing come up and then there's going to be the property adjacent to the acre and a half is going to come available, the old 40 acre track. And then what are you going to do? And then there's going to be another thing come up and then your sister's living in it, but you own it and it has to stay in the family and to a dysfunctional level. And, and, uh, it's just real estate. It's not, it's not your family's DNA. It's just real estate. And so, um, uh, uh, I'm nostalgic, and the older I get, the more nostalgic I get about certain types of possessions and things that have been in the family over the years and that kind of thing. I want to hold on to them. But uh, real estate is a very tough one to do that with. Um, My grandmother inherited from her grandfather a family farm. During her lifetime, she and my grandpa subdivided the family farm, sold it off as subdivision lots, leaving only about a four acre track and, uh, and an old family farm or family farmhouse that had been in the family three generations at that point when she passed away, uh, my parents' generation, her kids sold it because none of them were going to live in it. None of them lived in the same town. They weren't holding on to it for posterity. And so I, I, I'm not fussing at you, Jeff. I'm just saying, man, the way you're working your way through this, it's, um, you're setting yourself up for potential problems. Yeah. And what if the sister doesn't want to live there and mom doesn't want to live there? Now you're up, got this upkeep on this house that's vacant. You don't want someone to rent it because that's precious family property. Yeah. It, it just, it's, be careful, man. Be careful. You're, there's some, there's some thin ice in where you're skating, but the numbers you're giving me aren't the end of the world. I still think you could do this deal, pay it off in 15 years or less, which is our guidelines. And so you're not doing anything that's, you know, if, if you told me the property is two and a half million and you're never going to be able to pay it off, but you had to do it because it was family, then I would just say, no, you don't. I just say, don't, 
but you, I think you can afford to pull this off. I hate to see you go back into debt because you kept a 1979 piece of property. Um, again, 1879, maybe I might get a little bit more emotional about that, but 1979, I mean, Mick Jagger was already old in 1979 i mean that's you know it's not that long ago so jamie <laughs> jamie is in pittsburgh uh i guess yeah jamie's in pittsburgh hi jamie how are you i'm doing well hi dave and george it's an honor to speak with you um i wanted to let you know i'm an fpu coordinator and i had a 77 year old recent widow um, and she needs some help finding hope she had no family, so I offered to help her through it. Um, she lives on Social Security and a small annuity, and her credit card minimum payments are 50% of her income. Plus, she has a she had a uh, car salesman uh, in the midst of her grief talk her into getting a new car lease. And uh, it seems overwhelming, and I wondered if you might advise me on how to walk through this with her. Oh, what a sad situation, Jamie. Yeah. Um, well, there's going to be a lot of pain. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pain. Uh, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, there's not a magic wand in this. She's going to be selling the car. Mm-hmm. And she's probably not going to be able to pay the credit cards. Right? Yeah. I mean, I that's how I was thinking. I, I heard one of your first callers just, and you advise them to stop making the payments. She's been making the minimum payments. Yeah. Um, how, how by putting on yeah, other credit cards? Cause she got a, a, pay, a she got a house payment. Money. Does she have a house but, payment? No, she's renting. Yeah. How much is her rent? Uh, 720 a yeah. month. So her credit cards are way more than her rent. Yes. By the time she pays her credit cards and pays her rent, she doesn't have any money for food. Yeah. yeah. And so she can't pay uh, the credit cards. Doing some like playing piano or something that, uh, to make money to buy food. That'd be great, except we're going to do this the other way around. The first thing we buy is food. The second thing we buy is shelter. The third thing we buy is lights and water. Then we pay what we can pay. And you sell the car immediately. The car's got to go. Or repo it, one of the two, volunteer. But she doesn't pay any more car payments. She can't afford this car. They deserve what they get for selling this lady this oh. car. Oh, what a mess. I'm so sorry, Jamie. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, Pro Family Filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. 
Open phones at 888-825-5225. One of the things we do at Ramsey is a product called Smart Dollar. We invented the space called Financial Wellness. Financialwellness.com I own as an example. So this idea that corporate America goes and teaches their team members how to handle money properly so that they become better team members because they're better daddies and better mommies because they have less stress and they're winning is something that kind of came out of Ramsey. And uh, our process is called Smart Dollar. Major companies all over America do this and uh, as a benefit for their team members. And minor companies do this for their team members, people with 100 team members, 1,000 team members. And in today's case, 40,000 team members with a great American company called U-Haul. That's pretty amazing. I think of U-Haul as really these nice little trucks. 40,000 people working there. That's That's a lot of trucks. Man, it's incredible. But it's a great company. I mean, it's it's like it's iconic. It's it's apple pie, you know, Chevrolet, U-Haul. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like Kleenex, you know. It's like if you're going to move, you say U-Haul, right? And so it, it's it's been in the it's been a part of our vernacular for uh, a bazillion decades. So we're real thrilled that U-Haul has had their entire team go through Smart Dollar, offered it to Smart Dollar, uh, Smart Dollar to them, and we're doing debt-free screams with some of their team today. Eric and Elda are up next to do a U-Haul debt-free scream. Where do you guys live? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Which would be the home office. Yes, sir. Awesome. What do you do at U-Haul? I'm a project manager. Okay. And Elda, what do you do? I work for Arizona State University in the registrar's office. Ah, oh. very cool. Yeah. ASU. ASU. I love it. <laughs> very cool. Well, Phoenix is a great town. It sounds like you guys got a great life there. Congratulations. Welcome to Nashville. How much debt did you pay off in Smart Dollar? Sir, we did about $100,000 in 36 months. Good wow. for you. All right. <laughs> Well, since a lot of your U-Haul friends are listening and watching and hanging around, uh, we're not going to ask you your income because they'll go, oh, that's what Eric makes. <laughs> Hashtag uh, awkward. So who knew? Yeah, that'd be weird. So we're going we're gonna to let you off the uh, income side of things, but 100000 bucks in yes, three sir. years. So you're averaging 33000 a year, about yes, 2800 bucks a month going towards this. That's substantial. Yes, it yeah. was. What kind of debt was that? Oh, you name it, we were normal. Yeah. Credit right. card. Uh, student loans, uh, some medical, mm-hmm. um, car loans, car loans, yeah, yeah so <laughs> furniture. We bought furniture, you know. Yeah. So U-Haul put this in about three years ago, the first time, right? Yes, sir. I mean, it's still there. New new team members or team members that haven't done it yet can still do Smart Dollar, but you jumped in three years ago when we, we first did it, right? We did. Okay. And, and so Elda, he comes home from work and goes, "Hey, work's doing this thing." <laughs> I can hear it right now. <laughs> uh, that, that had to be a little awkward, right? It was very awkward. Um, I'm like, okay, what is it? And what are we doing? We're like, oh, <laughs> What's no. What's going on? Another HR benefit. Yeah. <laughs> I roll. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Only this one actually is a benefit. Exactly. Who knew? Sure yeah. Sure is. Did he do a good job selling it to you, or did you have to take some time to come around to the idea? Oh, no, he did an, an amazing job selling it to me. It, I was on board pretty much right away. Because okay. you felt the money stress, and he was saying, hey, this is going to help us get rid of this money stress, get rid of the debt, have a better life. Exactly, and we're not getting any younger. So, <laughs> so um, you know, and we do have a, an 8-year-old. Well, we have an 11-year-old daughter, but she was 8 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
not only we did it for ourselves but we did it for her as well amen that's a good why mm-hmm. right there yeah and you just look up and you go hey we've been living this hundred thousand is like having a backache i can't get rid of oh it was right. it was crazy dave there was times in our 21 year marriage we had 12 cents to our name mm. 12 cents and i was like you know what normal isn't working for us mm. we have to figure out something different exactly so what was it you guys learned in smart dollar that caused you to be able to pay off a hundred thousand dollars in debt what's the key discipline oh um, that sounds dirty. Yeah, I know. It's cra- crazy. <laughs> well, he's a Marine Corps vet, so. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you're no stranger to discipline. Oh, no. And it's crazy. One of the things in there, don't spend as much money as you have. Like, oh, wait a minute. You're making X, Y, Z. All right. Don't go $10,000, $5,000 over. Exactly. Burn up those credit cards. We actually burned those credit cards up. We actually burned the credit cards. You burned them. We burned them. <laughs> Physically. Oh, yeah. Melted we them sure down. Did. It was like burning debt. <laughs> So instead it. of cutting them up, we're like, all right, everyone to the backyard. Let's go ahead. They're going to the fire pit. Yep. In, in middle of Phoenix, too. So it was July in Phoenix. Oh, And oh. we're burning stuff in the pit. Whoa. Our the, neighbor, neighbors, the neighbors are going, hey, look over there. They it lost the it. Neighbor. They lost, lost it. Neighbor looks over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Stay away from Eric. <laughs> Eric's burning stuff in summer in Phoenix. Yeah. Wow. Uh, love it. Way to go, that guys. That was symbolic for you guys. It was a line it, of the It's a big deal. Yeah, because that, that changes the world. When you say, I'm done. I'm done living like this. I'm going to do a new thing. The old thing ain't working. Yep, and you're correct. It changes the world, but our world yeah. specifically. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah you, you, our you, world. Because you suddenly don't care what the neighbor thinks looking over the fence. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, come on over. I'll tell you about it, buddy. You don't. Exactly. Yeah. Especially for our uh, 11-year-old daughter, Erica. Yeah. So, you know, we, our parents struggled, um, and we didn't want that for ourselves or for our daughter. So, um, so, so it's a general generational thing. Changing the family tree. Yeah. Amen. That's a amazing. The family tree. Yeah, that, that's a big motivator and really, really cool. So you're in the home office, so a lot of folks in the home office certainly have done the Smart Dollar program. Yes, They've sir. done it all over the nation, but um, have you seen changes with your other team members? I have. It brings, it brings clarity. So before one had this debt, I would see, you know, this big cloud over, and it would Honestly, it would, it would zap my focus, mm. and it zap the focus and the discipline. Coming into work now, you know, it's crystal clear, it's sharp edge mm. going in, and you see it. And for anyone who hasn't tried it, uh, who anyone thinks about doing it, what's the worst that can happen? You can get out of debt. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible worst. You get a whole bunch of your team members out of debt. They'll hate you yeah, for they'll, that. They'll yeah. hate me for it. Yeah, you buy a program, get your team members out of debt. They'll hate you for yeah. that, I promise. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool. Good for y'all. Yeah. Very well done. You're heroes. Congratulations. Yeah. And thanks to you, Hall, for furnishing it to you. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're proud to proud to have that association. So very, very well done, you guys. Good, good work. All right. We've got the uh, Live and Give box for you that includes the Baby Steps Millionaires book, the Total Money Makeover book, and a Financial Peace University membership for you to give away. Uh, you've been through the stuff in Smart Dollar, so you'll be able to keep some of that and enjoy it. Some of it you'll pass along to others. Well done, you guys. We're very, very proud of you. Congratulations. Yeah, we want to send our love to Erica, too, who couldn't be with us today. She's with my sister, but we wanted to shout out to Erica. Well, yeah. that's why awesome. we did this. That's right. Exactly. We did it for Eric. She's our reason. That's yeah. right. Good for y'all. Very well done. All right. It's Eric and Elda, Phoenix, Arizona. 100000 paid off in 36 months. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, 
one. We're debt free. Yeah. That's how it goes down right there. Love it. Well, if you're a company out there or you work for a company, which would be all of you, one of the two, uh, and you want to have smart dollar offered, all you got to do is just check it out at RamseySolutions.com. Very easy to get in touch with our team and they'd love to help you help your team. Uh, it's a, it's a flawless system. Costco's got all their employees going through it. I mean, we've got large companies like those, but most of the companies are not huge like that. Most of them are regular size companies. And so, uh, but great. Those are two great companies we're proud to have. And, uh, and so if you want to be involved in that, the, you know, having your company go through it is smart dollar. It meets all of the federal guidelines, meets all their ERISA guidelines, all the stuff you need to know in that HR world, we're up on it and it's all dialed in. So just check it out at RamseySolutions.com and look up smart dollar. That's what you're looking for or slash smart dollar. will get you there. Either one. This is the Ramsey show. Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 15, 22. plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. The old version says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. I like that. Kimmins Wilson says my success was attended by quite a few failures along the way, but I refuse to make the biggest mistake of all worrying about making mistakes. Good. Like that. Our question of the day comes from Neighborly, your hub for home services. Fall is a great time to have AirServe, a Neighborly company, clean your air ducts and make sure your furnace is running properly before the weather gets cold. If you're in Nashville, too late. Uh, learn more about AirServe at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Charlie in Georgia. I'm about to start interviewing financial advisors. I'm trying to find someone that is not starting a career, but is my age or older. Is it wrong to ask them their net worth? They will know what mine is. Basically, I don't want a broke person managing my money. That's interesting. I don't know that I've heard that one before. Asking your financial advisor what their net worth is. And uh, clearly, he's an older individual. We don't know how old. You know, it's all relative. But he wants to work with someone who's kind of in the same life stage, I guess, as, as him versus a young buck who's just getting started. Hmm. Well, I don't know what my... Smart Vester Pro's net worth is. I've never asked, and I've never been curious, to be honest. Um, it's not a it's not a bad question. It's a little awkward. Um, trying to think. Um, I guess I don't correlate their knowledge base with their income necessarily, which you know correlates with their net I worth. I do to a degree. Um. It'd be nice to work with someone who has, you know, if they got $10 million, I want to know, hey, what are you doing? You know, there's a piece of that that's attractive. Yeah, but, it, it, you know, I, um, I mean, if they're, if they're not, if they've been doing it 20 years and they don't have any wealth, then no, I, I would think that I would correlate that lack of results with their lack of knowledge. Because that means they're making money mistakes. They're staying in debt for a long they're, period of time. They're, they're not doing the stuff we're talking they're about. They're not investing. You know what I mean? Because if you do the stuff we talk about for 20 years, you're going to have some net worth. Hello, you know, like probably a million dollars or more um, in most every case. So, uh, but I also don't want them to be a player. I don't want them to be a speculator, a, a high roller, right? Um, and and the, the last thing that comes out of this, Charlie, is um, 
you you made one mistake in this. I don't want a broke person managing my money. They're not going to be managing your money. You are. They're going to be doing what you tell them to do. So your job is to get someone with the heart of a teacher. They teach you what to do and you approve the moves. So they're not managing anything without your input. So you're the one making the decisions that you should never let someone manage your money blindly. Uh, and so the only way they're going to do, the only thing they're going to be putting money in is things you've approved of agreed to. Um, and they don't make moves without your approval period. Don't ever be in a situation otherwise. So in that sense, but, but I, I, if I changed your last sentence to, I don't want someone advising me on managing money. Well, when they don't, Mm. that's a fair statement. I mean, our joke has always been. You know, um, my finance professor is the one that taught me to borrow money and he was broke. What's wrong with that? It's like a shop teacher with missing fingers. Right. And so that's what Charlie's pointing to here. I like your question, Charlie. I like the, the crux of it. I would want to ensure somehow that they were practicing steady, proven time honored investing principles in their own lives. Um, I've just got the assurance that my guy is doing that without knowing his net worth. So I don't know how you would get that other than a net worth, maybe just a discussion to say, okay, you know, I'm concerned that you're actually personally living the stuff that you and I are talking about. Mm, Are you tell me that you are and tell me how I know that. Uh, and, and maybe they offer their net worth at that point. Um, but I, 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 it feels awkward and, um, I don't want to say inappropriate, but from a manners standpoint, it feels inappropriate. Yeah. But it's not not a wrong question. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I've never had this. I have never asked. I can tell you that, but I have assurance that they're doing the things that they're telling me to do. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if you're a financial coach, the client doesn't, you know, you ask the client, hey, what's your income? But the client doesn't ask you, well, what's your income? That's a weird situation versus their money values. That's something that we can talk about. What are your values around debt? Are you debt free? You know, versus specific numbers that may not be as relevant. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit like your doctor being 400 pounds. 100%. You know, I mean, it's like, huh, kind of an issue here. And smoking. Yeah. It's smoking 400 poof. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Something sure to think about, there. you know, all right. it's, it's a fair, it's a fair thing. Stockton is in Logan, Utah. Hi Stockton. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, sure. Steve, George. Sure. What's so, up? So, um, my father-in-law, um, he's a very kind man, has a heart of gold, but he's broke and unemployed, but he just will not stop buying us gifts. Um, and we want to know, you know, should we approach him about this? Should we talk to him and, and sit down with him, or should we just kind of deny his gifts that he wants to give us? Um, we're not sure how to how to help him out of this. How long you been married? Um, it's been three uh, three and a half years. Yeah. How old are you? I am twenty seven. Okay. You shouldn't do anything. Your wife might. It's her dad. Yeah, but definitely. You're just going to be the smart like punk that married his daughter. That's all he's going to see. I don't see yeah, that. I don't I agree. think you are, but I, 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 but I'm telling you, I don't think he's going to hear this from you. But if she sat down and said, dad, listen, we're trying to establish our household here. And it makes us really uncomfortable when you do these gifts. Cause we know you can't afford them. 
and it's very kind and you're a sweet man, dad, and thank you for that. But it would really help us out if you would limit that or stop doing it. If she says that, he can hear that from his own kid. He won't hear it from you. For from you, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, I, I agree. So how do we, I guess, is there a good way to approach that without embarrassing him? I mean, he, he just, he loves, it, gift giving is his love language. He just what I just said. Him. Just let her sit down with him by herself with a cup of coffee and say, Dad, gift giving is your love language. You're a sweet man, and it's making us uncomfortable because we know you can't do it right now. And we know you love us. You don't have to provide gifts to prove it. Please stop. Please stop or severely limit your gifts. Your presence and your heart is all we need in our lives. We don't need stuff from you. Please, Dad, stop it. And if she says that in private by herself with her dad, gently and kindly and great love, then it's not embarrassing. And um, and she doesn't need to say we that, that you, you stay out of it. I'm telling you, the closer you get to this, the less successful this conversation is going to be. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, she's not calling in today, which tells me you care more about this than she does. Is she, does she have the same level of concern? She does. She's just really nervous to talk to him about it. Um, money was just a hard conversation topic in their home growing up, and so um, it's just really hard for her to bring it up. Yeah. Either don't bring it up and just forget it and don't worry about it, or she brings it up in private. That's your only chance of success. I just, I mean, I think you just added, you added even more evidence that it's not going to go well if you bring it up because and the evidence is that money's a sore subject to start with. Yeah. And then Stockton, this young dude that married my daughters come marching in here, starts telling me stuff. My sons-in-law have been married to my daughter for 10 years and 12 years. And, um, uh, I doubt they would probably come in and sit down with me without my, my daughter having done so first on something they were disagreeing about. They might, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at them, uh, and I'm not saying that. It's just an awkward conversation. It's an awkward relational connection. Mother, uh, daughters and mothers-in-law, sons and fathers-in-law. These are tough connections, and they can be done. And and I love my sons-in-law. They love me. I think pretty sure they do <laughs> well you give them one gift back and that's the total money makeover maybe that'll help them Ooh, that'll be i'll be adding insult to injury yeah let's not do that <laughs> give them george's book in january there we go breaking there free go. from broke that that's helps that'll, that'll do it uh that puts this hour of the ramsey show in the books we'll be back with you before you know it in the meantime remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace and that's to walk daily with the prince of peace christ jesus <laughs>